So tonight we'll look at a few scriptures, uh, just uh, getting a cue on what we need to pray uh, about tonight or to pray for tonight or to lay hold tonight. You're ready? I can see you're ready, okay? So turn with me to Ephesians 2, verse 10. I like this scripture. Well, you probably say, you, that's what you say about every scripture. I guess I like every scripture. I love the word of God. It's, it's, it's what we live on. Our life is based on the word. So Ephesians 2.10, it says, I'll be in the Amplified Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified. I don't know whether it's the classic, but they, have, they don't have much differences. You can put whatever you have. These people are knowledgeable. All right, I'll go on for the sake of time. It says that, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. That means we've been born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking parts which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Isn't that powerful? There is a lot of pre, pre, pre-planned, pre-arranged, prepared, a lot of what as Christians we walk in is already in motion. There are no wells that we are digging as concerns our life in Christianity. It's all that God has done. He's already prepared. He says we are his workmanship. Every time I read that word, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, I think about a factory somewhere, you know, where things are being put together and shaped. I don't know if you've ever seen an assembly line of vehicles, and you know, you see trucks and trucks of vehicles, and you can almost imagine how they went through to become the way they are, looking smart and cute, and you just want to drive one. I imagine in heaven, when God was creating each one of us, that is how it looks. Perfect, shapely, orderly, up to date. You understand? Each one of us is up to date as far as heaven is concerned. When he looks at us through the blood of his son, he sees complete us. Because it says that he created us. He pre, uh, pre-planned, he predestined, he made ready. So basically, it's a complete work. Our work in Christianity is just a laying hold, a laying hold of what is already in motion. So God provided all that we will ever need before the need ever showed up. Anything you need is already ready. God has provided all that we will ever need before the need ever showed up. Why? Because he saw the end before the beginning of and, and everything that is in between. Anybody who creates, they usually have the model of the completed thing. If you're believing God for a house, 
then you should, in your mind, you should already have a model of the, the house that you're thinking about. So that when you start the building project, you're working towards the end. And this is the thing about God. He is intentional about his purpose. And he does not leave gaps in the process of achieving it. Whatever God determined to do, he already has the complete flow of the process from the beginning to the end. And there are no gaps. Okay? Uh, and I would imagine that's why the, uh, he will say we, that he supplies all our needs according to his riches in glory. That means the supply that we need for the need that we have is not coming from the earth. Because the earth has gaps. Our supply originates from the fullness of heaven. Because heaven is full, is packed with all that you will ever need. Isn't it? God anticipated every individual's destiny and prepared the path that will take each one of us to where God desired us to be. I like this scripture because when I look at it, I see there's a path that I should take. And this is the thing. There's a general path for us as Christians. But there is an individual path for each one of us. So there's a path, you young ones. There's a path that is already ready and is complete. As far as God is concerned, he sees you into the future. Remember the song we sing, I see you in the future. And you look much better than, than, than you do right now. It's because when God is involved in a project, count it done. So the path that he has prepared for each one of us is, is complete with provision, with everything that you will ever require to reach your destiny. So then what is my role is to understand what is my path? God always, God is always in front of situations, never behind, never ever behind. And that's why it is important we understand that he is the one that leads us into the path. That's what the scripture says. He leads us, he prepared, he made ready, he prearranged it. That means you, we follow the pattern that he wants us to follow. Because God is always in front of situations. If we follow God, we will never lack, uh, uh, lack anything. If we follow God, we will never have to worry about anything. Why? Because as we follow the path he has called each, each one of us to walk in, there is provision laid in that path. I, I sometimes I imagine when you go to catch a bride, uh, uh, when the bride is getting ready in the in the room wherever they are they are said, they don't care about what's happening out there. They don't. All they care about is how to put all the madoido and get ready and look nice, and the, you're all singing there, and some are pushing others inside, others are pushing others outside, and you're singing in the sunshine, and you're like, when will this happen? The bride doesn't care. 
Why? Because it's up to the ones that are organizing to get her ready. And then when she comes, I don't know whether your custom does that, but ours comes with lessons. And, and as we are, we are getting all the dust and we are laying the lesson for her so that nothing touches her. You understand? Why? Because she is the center of attraction. I imagine that the path that God has laid for us, it's laid, whether it's the reeds, it's healing, it's provision, it's providence, it's careers, whatever you require is already in that path. Because when God prepare something, he does the, uh, the best that, that he, he is good at. So he's never behind. God does not do catch-ups. If you don't catch anything tonight, please catch that one. God will never do catch-ups. That means he's not like we are here and God who is supposed to be leading us is over there. So we are having to beg on and beg and call and, 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 and you know, please come and help. That's not our God. God is the one who is leading us. We are to follow the path that he has prepared and preordained for us to, uh, to walk in. God always operates in the positive. Always. He always operates in the positive and never in the negative. God does not do subtraction. Those mathematics are earthly. The mathematics of, I don't know, 100 minus, they are not in the uh, uh, platform of God. God is always in the positive. He is a prog he, his is a progressive path. It doesn't retrogress. If you're walking in the path that God has prepared and made ready for you, there isn't a retrogression. There might be a halt or a stoppage, and usually it's because there is further preparation that needs to happen at this level. And then when you're equipped enough to shift to the next level, the journey begins. But it doesn't go backwards. You understand? His is a progressive path. It's a path of growth. It's a path of addition. It's a path of increase. It's a, a path of divine health. It's a path of prosperity. It doesn't have all these other negatives. So we know every time we are facing negativity or negative circumstances that we have to be alert. There is another kingdom in operation because it's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a progressive kingdom. Okay? So then, if there is a path that God has prepared and made ready and prepared for us, what is our part in it? Because again, we cannot say that God is in charge, which is, is a doctrine to many Christians. We are waiting on God. <laughs> yeah, we are waiting on God. That's not, that doctrine is wrong. The doctrine of waiting on God is not a correct doctrine. This is the theme. We are in faith together with God. We are not waiting. We are in motion. There isn't a path. Nobody walks a path standing here. Isn't it? If you're, go, if you're going to make progress to the door, you can't say, I'm, I'm, this is the path that I'm following to the door, and you're standing here, year, year, year after year. 
Are you making up? Are you progressing? No. You may be stuck. You may not have retrogressed, but you're stagnant. So you need to ask yourself, what is not happening that is keeping me stagnant for this long? Isn't it? So our part is to seek to know and to fit in his plan. We, we are supposed to. We, we co-partner with God. We cooperate with God. We, we partner with God by seeking to know his plan. So we are not to come up with our own plan. Because that's what makes a lot of the mess. Every, t- every time we come up with our own plan, we, we get ourselves out of the path of God. So then our key responsibility is to seek to know what is my path. Then once I know my path, I'm comfortable in it. And the, the thing is, this, for me to walk in my path, I just need to believe God. It doesn't have to do with money. It doesn't have to do with position. It doesn't have to do with fame. It doesn't have to do with anything earthly. It's just that I now understand what is my path. So I will walk that path. No matter how it looks in the natural. Because in my spirit I know this is the path for me. Then I will walk this path. The mistake we make a lot is that we look at, I look at Susan's path and I will admire Susan's path. And therefore, I will do everything possible to position myself on a similar path. And this is the thing. Because God has already prepared and made ready your path, that means he has put all the things that you need to walk it. If you shift yourself and you come to Susan's path, her needs are there, but your needs are not there. So you get stagnant. Because you're looking for your needs and you're like, how come Susan is progressing and I'm not? You're on the wrong path. You understand? So you need to know your path and then you stick to your, to your lane. God say, uh, 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 says here that, uh, sorry, I wrote here that he planned and made ready. He is the creator, not the inventor. God creates it's not, it doesn't do the business of inventing. He creates. That means it's an established thing. The path that he expects you to follow into your destiny is static. It, you can try to change all you want to walk in this one. And, but because when God does, it becomes truth. You see, he will not, we, we don't tell him how to go. We follow. Christianity is following what he says. It's not asking him what we want. And then we tell him, please bless this one. This is the one I want. And he's telling you, no, go there. And you're saying, no, I want this one. So there's a tug of, and who is uh, failing? It's you. Because if you're not collaborating with God, guess who is uh, uh, losing? It's you who is losing because your path is still waiting for you. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It's waiting for you because that's what he created for you. So whenever we come up with our own plan, we detour. We detour. Most of the delays, most of the frustrations, most of the lack, most is because we've detoured from the plan of God. 
Once you get back into the plan of God, you start realizing that you may not have a lot of money, but you have the peace. Remember, the, 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 it's the peace of, in your heart is the anchor of the Spirit of God. How do you know you're in the right path? You have the peace about it. It may not have all the things, but at least you know there's something about this place that I can tell this is my place. And because it's your place, it's easy to nurture it and to walk in it. And it's easy to hear his promptings as he tells you, take the next step. See, God never unfolds the whole spectrum of your path. Otherwise, some of us would have run to the end and uh, escaped all the in-betweens. And you know they are necessary. Okay? So then our part is to exercise our faith to lay hold of our path. Faith has to be exercised. Faith must be exercised. Must. There is no way you will know the path of God and progress in the path God has for you if you're not exercising your faith. How do I exercise my faith? You take, you lay hold of the promises of God by force. You lay, take your healing. The last time I spoke here, I told you, open your mouth and say something for those that are here. So you're going to exercise your faith by opening your mouth and taking your healing. Don't only wait for Sunday to be laid hands on. Your path requires your partnership. So lay hold, take your healing, take your joy, take your prosperity, take your wholeness, take that which you require by faith. Exercise your faith. Don't just sit there and wait to be ushered in by somebody. <laughs> you know, there are people who are like, but we'll wait for pastor. You can, I mean, bless him. He's a wonderful, your pastors are wonderful, baby. I know they pray for you. But do you know there is a place where you get to take your responsibility? It's like a parent who raises up children. Now I see Grace. Sorry, Grace, I called you Jane. I've just realized when we met there, I called you Jane. And I'm, I'm, I'm remembering Jane is the tiny little baby. So I see Grace has little kids. So th there, are, there is an age where little children have to be carried and helped and cooked for and supported. But you see, they progress in growth and development. If you're a parent who keeps holding on to your children and you find yourself that you're giving child care to an adult and you're thinking it's love, it's not love. You're crippling your child. If you're giving an adult child care, you're crippling that child. You're thinking this is how much I love him. And we have a lot of those kinds now in this generation. Parents who do everything, everything. Children who are in university. They pack their, 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 their dirty uh, 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 clothes on a weekend and take it home to a, a, a house girl to wash. And then they get another pack. Or you live and see their mothers. They are busy over the weekend crisscrossing from their SS to the uh, uh, university. They are carrying a whole suitcase of clean clothes and then they will come with... You're crippling that child. You're thinking it's love. You're making them spiritual cripples and emotional cripples because you're denying them the responsibility of growth and development, isn't it? That's why I'm saying that for God also 
is the, is the author of, of light. So he expects that there is a point. Your pastor is so good, but there is a point. There are some needs you have to do with yourself. Pray for something yourself. Uh, really, exercise your faith. Find your place and grow. Growth demands participation. Okay? It's good to be supported. I, I'm all for being supported. But you can't be supported for years. Something is not happening. Because you're supposed to win yourself out of support as your faith is growing. And I've been there. I've been supported at some time. But you see, the, 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 the real growth of a Christian is to reach a point where you are the supply. Okay? I hope you understand my spirit, not sometimes my words come harsh because I have a strong tone. But the reality is that this is how we are supposed to progress in our path. So if you're there and you're just the same ear in, ear out, then you're, you're mark timing, but your path is there for you to walk because nobody else will walk your path. It's already prearranged and the destiny has already been determined. So if you're not walking, who will reach your destiny for you? So we have to exercise our faith. Okay? So then we have to seek, we have to knock, we have to, to ask, we have to hear. We have to, in order to know the path that we are walking in. We have to hear, we have to do instructions, we have to collaborate, we have to cooperate. Where you find yourself, is it in the service, in the house of the Lord? Be easy to work with. That's the part of your path. It may not be where you're destined to, but it may be the platform that is taking you to where you're going. But if you're arrogant here and you're like, oh, nobody tells me, you know what happens? You're stuck there. Because if, the, if that was ordained for you to pass through, there is no jumping over a process with God. I told you God has no gaps in his process. That process must happen the way it's supposed to happen. So before anyone of us ever showed up, just let me repeat this. And before we even sinned, God had already made the redemption plan for us. That's how complete and orderly God is. I think it's a revelation, should be Revelation 13, 8, that talks about Jesus, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. What does that tell you? Before we came up and we sinned, we were already forgiven. There was a redemption plan. So this is why ours is just to accept and say, I receive you. And then we move on with the plan that God has for us. So let's look at uh, uh, one or two scriptures here just to uh, explain uh, the plan of God and how God leads us in the path that we should go. Uh, turn with me to Psalm 77. I want to read from verse 14. To 20, Psalm 77. Let me open it here. And it should still be in the Amplified, I think. Ooh, Psalm 77. Yeah, let me read. I think it's the Amplified, but let, it's, let me read from verse 14. All of it is good. It's basically talking about the children of Israel and how God delivered them as they went through the Red Sea. 
but listen to these words, please, so that you can understand how much God prepares for us and how much he already leads us. It says that you are the awesome God who works powerful wonders. You have demonstrated your power among the people. You have, with your great arm, redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. The waters of the Red Sea saw you, O God. The waters saw you. They were in anguish. The deep also trembled. The clouds poured down water. The sky sent out a sound of rumbling thunder. Your arrows, lightning, flashed here and there. The voice of your thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings illumined the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way of escape for your people was through the sea and your path through the great waters and your footprints were not traceable. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. What is all this talking about? It's a, it's a mouthful there. The words there are mouthful. It's talking about what did it take for the Red Sea to part? Great words. There was rumbling. There was trembling. There was oh, There was thunder. There was basically, and then it ends by saying, your footsteps were there, even though they didn't see them. So for, God, for the people of Israel to have gone through the Red Sea, it, God had already walked the Red Sea. So if God had not walked the Red Sea, it wasn't going to part. And if you remember when Moses and the people got there and Moses uh, was trying to break, God said, just, just step in. Because God had already been there. So it's not, our prayers are important, but our prayer, prayer is not what advances us. God goes ahead of us. He's, remember I said he's always ahead of us. He is a proactive God. So this is, his footsteps were in the Red Sea. So they couldn't see them. So the fact that you can't see God in the path he has asked you to walk does not mean he's not there. The fact that things are looking complicated does not mean God is not there. It only means you can't see him. But because you can't see him, it's not uh, 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 to mean that God is not in what you're going through. Okay? Because the scripture says he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's ever with us. Okay? So he went ahead of them and he dealt with the natural forces. So that when they came, it was a miracle. To them, it was a miracle. It was like, ooh, the water spotted. They don't know what it took. God had already dealt with the natural forces and they had contended. That's why there was rumbling, there was lightning, there was thunder, all that. Okay? Even though they couldn't see his footprints, his footprints were there. The simple fact that you can't see the solutions with your natural eyes and with your mental faculty does, does not negate the presence of God. The presence of God is ever with us, saints. Even if you can't see it, please don't be tempted to think, Oh, I wonder what happened. I don't feel God. Okay? He's ever with us. His presence and commitment to resolve your issues is ever with us. 
He has committed to what he began. Remember, he's the one who formed the, the path that you should walk in. No, God is not like man. The scripture says, as far as east is from the west, so far is, has he separated us from our sins. Because his desire is to offer us our salvation. Sometimes we get stuck because of the mistakes of our past. But God is like, hey guys, I know you have failed over and over, but I'm not, we are not working together because of your goodness. I'm offering you my success. So the success of God is what thrusts us into the path that we are supposed to walk in and takes us to the next uh, level. Okay? So sometimes, I, and I know sometimes I've been, sometimes we really act like God went a war. You know, absent without authorized leave. That's what Ewo is. We act like he's not there. And I go, oh God, where are you? And he's like, I'm right there with you. He's right there with you. He's never, never going to leave us. Worry is merely a lack of trust in God's ability. And this is what detours us a lot. Worry is a, is a lack of trust in God's ability. Simple. You can try to explain it in the philosophical words, in the whatever. You can try to explain it in whichever way. Worry is simply not trusting God. Okay? Worry is a natural mechanism that the enemy uses to create gaps to a flawless process. The process of God is flawless, but worry is what the enemy uses to create the gaps. Because once you create the gaps, then there is delays. Gaps equals delays. Fear, worry, and disobedience is what added 40 years to, uh, to, uh, to the journey of the uh, children of Israel. Mm -hmm. Why? Because worry, fear, and disobedience blast your vision and creates multiple options. Every time you're in worry, you start thinking, this thing is not working. And you're like, what's next? <laughs> Those are natural options. Natural options. Natural options. This is the thing. I'm telling you, I'm not, uh, uh, church, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm guilty of that also to an extent. Sometimes when the pressure is on, you're like, maybe I made the wrong decision. And you're tempted to shift next to the next one. And the, uh, the thing we are supposed to do is to hold, hold, stop there and ask God, am I on the right path? And if he says you're on the right path, then you know he will get you out of this difficulty. Okay. So don't, do not allow your vision to be blurred by worrying and, 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 and getting yourself out of, of, of where God has placed you. Go to Joshua 2.8. Joshua 2 verse Mm -hmm. I said, I made the statement there. I say that it's worry, it's fear, it's, it's disobedient that kept the children of Israel 40 years wandering in the desert that they should never have been. They, they should never have been. Why? Because God had already made a way for them. I want us to see how God had made a way for, for them here. 
Okay, you know the story. It's about now that uh, Joshua has led the people through the Jordan. They are going to uh, uh, take, lay hold of Jericho. And uh, you know the story how they went to Rehab, the, the, the uh, prostitute. And it says, now before the two men lay down to sleep, Rehab came up to them on the roof. And she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror and dread of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted in despair because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan on the east, to Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted in despair, and a fighting spirit no longer remained in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Do you see this? Forty years, they were wandering in the wilderness, in fear, in worry, and in despair because of their disobedience. But what are we seeing here? When did they cross the Red Sea? 40 years ago. When are they appearing in Jericho? 40 years after. And this is what a woman who did not have a covenant with God, the Bible calls her harlot. So it's not a secret. She was a prostitute. A woman who did not have a covenant with God knew what the people of God could not believe. Forty years is when they crossed the Red Sea. And here we read, she says that they heard how they crossed the Red Sea. And their hearts were melted. That means these people that they, that, that, that they are coming to overtake in Jericho were always waiting to move for them. The angels had already done the work. 40 years, they are loitering in the wilderness, wondering how are we going to fight all these giants. And 40 years, these people are in fear. That's what the scripture says. They were in, they were in despair. And a fighting spirit no longer remained in any man. There was no man that was going to fight the Israelites. Why? Because God had already fought them in the spiritual realm. Okay? So what was holding them for 40 years was unbelief, resorting to rebellion. When they were told, go and take the land, they said, no, 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 there are giants there. And we look like grasshoppers. That's a level of unbelief. When God tells you, take the next mountain, you're like, ah, oh, no, 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 I'm not equipped for this. I don't have the right pronunciation. I don't think I can do this. All those are uh, uh, words of unbelief. Because at the point God says, take the mountain, or take your path, or make the next step, or move to the next level, you know what? Provision is there. Provision is already there. That means he has gone ahead of you. He has prepared and made ready the level that he's asking you to climb up to. He will never ask you come to the mountain where I'm not. If you read the book of Revelation, when he was talking to John, he was taking, telling him, come up higher, come up hither. That means he was there. 
God never, I say God is never behind. He's always ahead. So he always calls us to go where he has gone ahead of us. So they were being held by unbelief and rebellion because God had already gone ahead and sent terror and dread to the people of Jericho. They had no fighting spirit. They were already defeated before the war started. Okay? Their enemies had been deprived of courage and strength. Yet the Israelites were still acting up scared as if God was not with them. 40 years, the same mountain. 40 years. They wasted 40 years of their lives and they caused the death of a whole generation. A whole generation. You're not taking up the path that God has ordained for you. It may not take your life, but I'm telling you, it is doing damage to a generation. It is. It's doing damage to a generation because when Jesus was leaving, he told us, occupy till I return. So if you're not taking your space because you're scared and you're worried and you don't have the money, let me help you. Money does not, money meets you as you obey. God does not tell you, this is the plan. Here you go. This is how the finances you. No, no, no. Money meets obedience. Money does not meet assignment. God will not tell you this is the assignment and this is the funding. God will tell you this is the assignment. What is he looking for? Obedience. As you take a step of obedience, then the money starts trickling in. Do you like what you see with the classrooms out here? I'm telling you every time I pass, I say, God, you're amazing. How, how, how you have built this place. I still remember... When Pastor Kara one time came, because usually when she's coming here, I'll be the one waiting for her. And she, she, the vehicle turned over and she, and she said, the Lord say, there is your school. There was nothing. There was absolutely nothing, shrubs. And look at what faith has done. It's, God did not tell you, here are the millions he said, here is the assignment. And as she took the assignment, money keeps coming. Money keeps coming, isn't it? So it's your obedience that will take you through the next level of the path that God has for you. So don't waste your time and don't waste a generation. If you're not careful of thinking that it's the money issue, I'm telling you, you will waste a generation. You might waste your children. Don't exercise your faith. Whatever it takes, exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. God meets obedience. And then you will recognize, oh my goodness, things, things are opening up. Things are opening up to, uh, to levels that you won't have imagined. God only requires us to follow his instructions by faith. So I say all that brethren to say, what you see, what you feel, or what you've been told by someone about your circumstances is not bigger than what God says. Don't ever forget that. What you see with these natural eyes, what you feel with this body, what people tell you about your circumstances cannot be bigger than what God says. Therefore, what do we seek? What we seek is what is God saying about my life? What is God saying about 
my body? What is God saying about my healing? What is God saying about my calling? You understand? Because the word that God says is the truth that he establishes. The enemy, don't ever forget, the enemy watches our responses and he takes advantage. That's what he did with the children of, uh, of Israel. He watched them. God, he, God is saying, we said the, 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 the workflow of God has no gaps in it. It's from end, from beginning to end and the in between. So then, for the enemy to interject, there must be gaps. So he watches for gaps. Who creates gaps? It's us. It's not God. God does not create gaps, and the enemy has no power to create gaps. He's a defeated foe. He has no power. So he takes advantage. He watches our responses to the uh, uh, instructions of the spirit. That's what he watches. And he said, oh, she's offended. My goodness. He comes and fits in there. So he's covered that gap. Oh, yeah, she's disobedient. She's nasty. He's, he's looking for her responses. She's worried. He likes that one a lot because he takes captive of your thoughts. And that's what he does. He watches our responses and he takes advantage of it to create delay. Our responses then must always be one of faith. Must. Must. It does not matter what was said, how it was said, who said it, when it was said. You know, there are some cultures, they will tell you, a woman, uh, women sh sh should wait to read the mood of their husband to say some things. Those are some cultures. That's not the kingdom culture. We are not mind readers. Okay? Yeah, we are not mind readers. So it does not matter when it was said, how it was said, who said it, in what fashion, what tone they used. Because I can tell you, the greatest lie that the enemy uses with Christians is the thermometer of measuring people's attitude and tone and how they said it and who is... For lack of another word, let me not say what I wanted to say. But you understand what I mean. It's a strategy of the kingdom of darkness. What, what marked Joshua and Caleb from the rest was that they showed interest in God's instructions. Interest. Show interest in God's instructions. Show interest. Don't say we are waiting on God. Show interest. How was Moses called? Do you remember? When he, wa he, was, he was rearing the, f the, the sheep, he saw a burning bush. He's like, ooh, something happening. He got interested. He just showed interest. You go read the scripture. He just showed interest, and God spoke to him because he went to check. Some Christians miss out on their call and their, and their, and their uh, uh, blessings because they are so disinterested superficially spiritual, disinterested in the things of God. If you're disinterested in the things of God, how will you connect with the, the one who has the destiny of your life? 
Okay? Show interest. That's what Caleb and uh, uh, Joshua and Caleb uh, did. They went with the other spies. The other spies were just thinking of the worry. Then they said, God said. They got interested in what God said. So listen to the promptings of your heart. Because sometimes we are looking for the big prophet. I honor the office of the prophet. But do you know that the, the Bible says that, that, that you, we, we have the sure word of prophecy? It's, it's the Bible. When you're reading the Bible, have the, listen to the promptings of your heart. There is a word that will be highlighted that will anchor you. And as you pray on it, on that word, and you meditate on that word, and you ponder that word, and you think about that word, you start to see it unfolding. It starts to unfold, and maybe just that word is what carries you to your destiny. So get interested. Get interested in the things of God. Uh, 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 why? Because God doesn't necessarily show you the full spectrum. But as you get interested, he realizes, oh, this one I can use. If you're disinterested in the things of God, he can't use you. You're valuable to God. Let me clarify. You're very, every person is valuable to God. You're very valuable to God, but you can be not use, useful. There's so many people who are valuable but not useful. Because the useful have to be interested. Every time you show interest, you know what you're happening? You're being drawn to God. So it, 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 it creates an opportunity for God to use you. God said he's not, he's, he's not using the qualified, but he qualifies the available. So what is interest? Availability. So as you're available, then you, that's how you keep growing, okay? And you keep exercising your faith to, uh, to achieve what God has for you. So our role is to fit in the plan and to let God read. God will lead us. But we have to fit in the plan. Let me go to the second last scripture. It's Psalms 136, verse 5. Let's read it in the Passion Translation. Psalms 139 or 36. Let me check. Thank you, Lord. Time is running. Psalms 139. I think it's that 139, Vivian. In the Passion Translation, yeah, let me read, yeah, 139, let's read from verse uh, 3 to 5 there, you're there, the Passion Translation, okay, I'll be reading, you can catch up with us, all right, it says, You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. Right there. He's intimately aware of you. Never act like you are alone in this world. Don't, please, don't act like you're a man solo. God is intimately aware of you. He knows you. He knows you. You're so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. There's nothing we hide from you, from him. 
and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. The scripture we started with, Ephesians 2.10, he prepared and made ready, prearranged the, the path that we should walk in, and in that path is a good life. Okay, so he's already made all that ready for us. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. But this is where I was heading. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. God goes ahead. Don't be in worry. What does the future hold? The future is in the hands of God. He's gone into your future and prepare a way. And this, this one I like also. And in kindness, you follow me behind to spare me from the harm of my past. Anybody ever made a mistake? Anybody with a past that is rotten? Anybody with a past that you don't want to mention about? Anybody has failed in the past? Let me free you tonight with the word. It says, you have gone, you follow in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. Your past cannot harm you into the future you're progressing into. It's already been taken care of. So don't relieve it. Don't relieve your past. Because there are people who are forever saying, if only. You can't be saying if only and move ahead. What you need to be saying is that my God is able to make all grace abound. Isn't it? So your, your, your focus should be the future. I say nobody drives forward with a reverse gear. You can't. You put, if you engage a reverse gear, it's either you're stopping there or you're going nowhere. You can't drive too far. I don't know whether you all know, but there is one man who once upon a time, now probably none of you knew about, he was called Mr. I think or Modi or something. He said he say that he's driving from Mombasa to Nairobi reverse gear. And there was a big hula only to realize later on he was conning people. He would drive a little when the media is around, and then when the media leaves, he would turn the vehicle around and zoom with the front with the front gear. Nobody drives with your you can't go far. <laughs> you cannot. The head was not made to look like this. Nobody goes like that. You understand? So that's why the scripture here helps us to tell us we know you have a past. The blood has taken care of your past. The word has taken care of your of your past. And Jesus has taken care of your past. He says, I'm standing here, separating you. You try to bring it up, I'm like, it's buried. Don't dig it out. You understand? So focus on your future. However, now that you know that you have the propensity to make terrible mistakes, let your future be, you ask me. Am I in the right path? And don't move until you feel uh, a peace to move. When you feel the peace to move, it means that you together with him, you're progressing to the next level. And then you need to reach the ne next level. And then apply the same principles. Build your faith. Build your faith. Build your faith. You, what you, you see is that at this new level, there will be a greater demand. So don't do 
just what you did at this level and think that it will shift, shift you to the next level. Growth and development works together with increase. So what you are doing here, and it could help you a lot. In this new level, there is multiplication because I said God is always on the positive. So if you are praying a little here and this a little prayer brought you here, then in this level, there is increased prayer. Did I make it clear? So the progress of your faith is what God calls from glory to glory. From level to level, increase to increase, multiplication to multiplication, advance to advance. Until you reach a point you forget who that girl was. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably more mature than many of you, so I've lived a longer life than you. So if I was to sit here and count my many mistakes, you all wonder. <laughs> You, I don't have the time to, but you will all, all wonder. But I, let me guarantee you, at this point of my life, if you try to talk about that girl who used to go to disco, my, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, if you talk to me about that girl, I ask, who are you talking about? That girl is dead and buried. I don't know who she is. So when I go home and my, fr my family starts to unearth all these things, I say, guys, let's talk about something into the future. That is not helping us at all. You understand? So that means you, you, as you continue to grow with God, you reach a point and you're like, this life is so enjoyable. You, it, it becomes enjoyable. Why? Because there has been exponential growth of your spirit and then you are more heavenly minded than earthly minded. So though problems may come and challenges may face you, you're like, ah, it's just another one. Like last week I had a serious setback of something I've been in faith for. And the way I thought it would go, it didn't go. And... Yeah, it was a major pro a faith project, but it didn't go the way I, I, I thought it would go. And when I got the news that it's not going to happen, I, I, I had, uh, uh, you know, those words from the enemy. This is what you should tell this, that individual. And then I said, the enemy, shut up. And go, I did tell him, go to where you belong. I won't mention what I said, but I did. I said, shut, <laughs> shut up. You're too late. Too late, too late. I went on my TV. It was ab ab about 6 uh, o'clock there in the evening. But I, went, I put on my TV, I put it loud. I didn't care who is my neighbor at that time. I was working on something, okay? That's me. I don't know how you act. I put on the TV. I got, I, I'd, I'd never even heard this song, Maverick City. I got a song that they have put in there that, say, that, that they're, they're singing, no one but you. You know it. I danced it for two hours with high volume, high volume, high energy. By the time I finished, I was in tongues. I went to sleep like a baby. I woke up the following morning. I said, devil, you know what? That thing 
that you, you think you've denied me, now I know what. God wanted me to have a better one. Now I'm engaged in a faith for a better thing. But you know what the enemy wanted me to? Oh God, now at my age. And therefore I have, have put, and the way I was being, and this was the year, and I had already confessed it. So what? My confessions have not gone with him. My confessions are already on my path. So all they are doing is multiplying. So I'll add volume to my confession, and I'll add volume to my prayers, and I'll add volume to my dance, and I will do more twists than I ever did in the club, in Jesus' name. Because I didn't change dancing, I just changed my partners. And my partner now says, wherever you want to dance, do your jig. Amen. Don't let the enemy tell you that, oh, goodness, yeah, this faith doesn't. Because that's what he wanted to say. That faith doesn't work. I said, you're already too late. I've been there, bought the tapes, won the T-shirt, and I'm shining. There's nothing else you can tell me. There are places I won't go back. To think that faith doesn't work, it can't happen. He's already gone into my past and separated me from my pain. Therefore, he's gone into my future and he has prepared the way. Amen. So your future is bright, people. Your future is so bright. You should be dancing already. So tonight we are going to pray about your path. There's a path for you. You need to locate what your path is. And you have located your path and you've already started that journey. You need to go to the next level because there are progressive levels. You remember I said God is about addition. It's progress. It's increase. Multiplication. Addition. Whatever you want to call it. For me, I feel like I want to be accelerated. You understand? I don't have many years to waste. I need acceler <laughs> acceleration. All right? So if you stand up tonight, we will pray with uh, Ephesians 1.17. Ephesians, Ephesians 1.17 to 21 should be our final scripture, and then we pray. Don't ever, 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 ever question the word of God. Never, ever. It doesn't matter how long it takes. We, we still say we are in preparation time. And when the fullness of time is, we'll get there. But this is the thing. We cannot be causing the delay by creating gaps. You understand? Because the flow should be. It should. So that we don't lose anything or anybody. So Ephesians 1, uh, 17. Mm. I read it in the King James New New King James, but even, yeah, let's read it in the New King James. It says, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes, <coughs> sorry, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, 
which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. If you look at all those words there, they are all talking about the present. They're talking about something that has already been done. The, we've been given the power. We have the riches. We have uh, 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 the, the wisdom. We can pray to have that wisdom, okay? Because that's what Paul was praying, that we may have the understanding to know what is already available to us. So what's wisdom? It's wisdom is the foundational truth. It's found in the word of God. So spending time in the word is what makes you wise, gives you godly wisdom, just in case there's another wisdom. We are talking about godly wisdom, okay? So it's found in the word. What's knowledge? It's the insight in knowing your individual path. Wisdom is the general word of God, the truth. Knowledge is to, uh, uh, the knowing, the knowing beyond measure of doubt that I'm in the right place. I, I, I thank God for my life because I told you I've done many mistakes, but when I moved back uh, from wherever I was to Kenya and I came and I did, I went a detour. I, I, this is not a testimony time, so I will not say what the detour was. I made a detour, okay? And then the detour, of course, stagnated me. And then God, by his mercy, brought me back. At that point, I was like, good gracious. I've blundered this. I've blundered my life and my plan. And, my, and I wasn't young. I was 50. I think I was 51, 53. And I was like, what shall I do now? I can't start looking for a job. And, and the, the easiest thing for me was to pack up my things and go back to Switzerland. Because I knew, in fact, the, 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 the organizations that I was working there, they were falling and said, come back, we, we, yeah, come back to your job. I was so, you know, if you don't hear God, you, I said you will take the next option. I was, I was so torn. I was like, yes, let me go back there. I had a good job, I had a good salary, I was living in a wonderful country, a good place, but... My heart was not at peace to take that option. I knew I needed to be here. And I stayed. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to come from a very well-paying job to you don't have nothing. It wasn't easy. However, I had the peace and I stayed. And God anchored me into my path. And Lo and behold, pastors asked me to uh, uh, join the ministry to work with the children's home. And to, to me, it was an answer to prayers that I have made years and years and years before. Because every time I would sit with my managers doing my, uh, uh, um, uh, we used to call it work and development plan. It's basically an uh, end of year evaluation. And my manager would ask me, what's your short-term plan? And I'll say, da-da-da. And what is your long-term plan? And I'll tell them to work with uh, disadvantaged children. And my manager would like, are you for real? But you're here and you're talking about going back to Africa. I say, yes. I said, but why would you even do that? 
And this is the thing. Ordinarily, a manager wants you to give long-term plans concerning the vision of the company. But I, used, I was clear about it. Just uh, uh, at the beginning of the year, I was looking for, because I have a folder this big of all my work and development plans that I've done over the years. And I would read each one of them. And they will always ask, short-term goals, long-term goals, and I'll say, and I could see it. So now, this path that had detoured me somehow was working for my good because it is what brought me back to Kenya. And now that I'm in Kenya, I've heard God about the path I need to take. This path came with, a, a, let me say, a complete reduction of finances. However, it came with the joy of knowing that finally, the dream that God placed in me years ago is becoming a reality. And now, years after, I'm the most joyful woman because I am walking the path that I know God had predestined for me. So it's ever a joy for me to serve uh, uh, in the children's uh, home and whatever else God has asked me to do in the ministry. But, and then what I've realized as I follow God in that, he keeps provision, keeps following me. I, I, I don't know what you call a good life, but for me, I live the best life. Don't ask me, Kwani, which car do you drive or which estate do you live? This has nothing to do with a good life. The estate and the car, they don't have anything to do with a good life. The good life is the knowing that I'm in the will of God. And therefore, I have the joy of serving God because I know God. Of all the people who could have done this, you chose me. So to me, it's such a, a, a joy and it's a good life. So therefore, that, that's what I'm saying. The knowledge is the insight of knowing your individual plan. And then the understanding is the revelation to know how to walk that path to achieve you, your success. So that's what we want to pray tonight. Five minutes, ten minutes, we pray in tongues, and then uh, we make declarations, and I release you to go and follow your path. Amen. Please stand up with me. Thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you. You are good to us, oh God. You created us and you prepared the path that each one of us should follow. That path is already set in motion. In fact, the scripture in Psalms 139 says that before any one of our days became a reality, they were written in your book of life. So for each individual here, there is a path that God has set in motion. In that path, there is provision, there is protection, there is wholeness, there is everything that they will ever need. That's why your word in Peter says that you have given us all that pertain to life and godliness according to the knowledge of Christ. So tonight as we pray in tongues, oh God, we're digging, we're digging, we're stirring up, we're stirring up our understanding, we're stirring up the wisdom of God. 
Lord. We staring up because we want to know what is the path that you have prepared for each one of us that we may engage in faith and continue to progress as we follow your lead. Let's just pray in tongues a little bit this evening. Ramoshande, Rabebashande, Rebasekekete. Sheila, come and pray, please. Sheila. you've said in your word that in all our ways we are to recognize and acknowledge you and that you will direct and make straight and plain our paths before us so we ask of you lord we recognize that without you we cannot know the right path without your wisdom without your leading without your guidance we would go astray so we welcome your leading precious holy spirit to lead us and guide us in the paths of truth and of righteousness show us your ways O oh lord show us and teach us the paths that we are to walk in guide us in your truth and your faithfulness teach us for you are the god of our salvation for you and you only and all together do we wait expectantly all the day long lord you have said that the sheep that are your own hear your voice so we thank you lord for the voice of the holy spirit telling us and directing us which path that we should follow even in this uh, turbulent times we thank you that our our ears hear your voice because blessed are our eyes that they see blessed are our ears that they hear and a heart of understanding you have given to us lord that we may comprehend that we may perceive and that we may know the paths of righteousness and truth. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you said you will never leave us off nor forsake us, that you are always with us until the end of the, of the age. So therefore we have this confidence, this blessed assurance that because Jesus is for us and not against us, that we will walk in the paths of truth, that we will not go astray. And we thank you, Father, that even as we walk in this path of light and truth, that we lead others even on these paths, Lord. We thank you, Father, that our families walk with us as we lead. That, Lord, we will be the light of this world, of this world, and salt of this earth, Lord, for others to be able to follow the path. Thank you, Father, for illuminating our paths, Lord. For you have said that. Um, your word is a light unto our path and uh, um, uh, you and you illuminate our paths and our ways Lord that we may not go astray so we thank you for your word that is shining forth in our life in our lives bringing forth understanding bringing forth revelation knowledge of which we lay a hold of and we walk through thank you father God that even in your in your court we will dwell and in your court oh father God we 
we will hear you in your courts oh father god where we lay at your feet lord submitting to you oh god laying down at your courts lord that we may surrender our lives help us father god to live lives that are surrendered to you lives that are uh, show forth your glory lives oh father god that you can transform lord father so we surrender our hearts we surrender our souls our mind our will our emotions we surrender to you fully lord that we may walk with you father even as Enoch walked with you lord that is our desire that we may walk with you oh father god and that we may know you like paul, like paul said that this is my quest in life that i may know you and the power of your resurrection for in this is where we will be established in knowing the power of your resurrection father we thank you for that voice we thank you for your spirit we thank you for your leading and your guidance and we thank you lord that even our pastors pastor carla pastor davis even as they follow you we follow them as paul said of the people of his disciples that he led follow me as i follow christ we thank you father because they live godly lives and that are an example for us to follow and therefore we follow we thank you father for this same spirit that even raised christ from the dead is indwelling them and therefore father god we thank you that even this the ministry and this church is founded on that word is founded and has its root in you oh god and therefore lord we know that we receive from the wells of salvation from even their mouths as they speak as your very oracle as they speak from your very anointing as they speak from the the, the very um revelation knowledge of the word of god we thank you for this great impartations that even they you're leading them from one level of glory to a higher level of glory from one level of truth to another level of truth and we thank you father that we are even you uh, you are part of your remnant that is going to walk in the truth and lead us others in the truth of your word and therefore lord we glorify you for this that we have received today that is the uh, the seeds of your word that it settles down deep in our hearts and it brings forth fruit outwardly through our lives through our actions through our words and this fruit shall remain this fruit shall abide and even multiply even to others we thank you and we glorify you for in Jesus name we've prayed amen <laughs>